Today on Lockdown Red Wings, it was a weekend of firsts for a lot of the players on this team as they start 2-0 and on the season. And we're going to break that down for you guys today. And that Redwood line is just so good, looking like they might just be the best on the team. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah. We're 2-0, and baby. Let's get started. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Stanley Cup, here we come. Can't stop us now. 82-0, baby. President's Dang Trophy right. winners. On pace for 82-0-0. Don't look now. First place in the Atlantic Division. Just saying. Don't, don't worry about who we're tied with. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. No, but seriously, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950, while Scotty is the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And guys, I mean, it's a damn shame, Scotty, that the season started on a Friday because of how our recording schedule with this, the network is we record Sunday through Thursday for the next day. So the season started on Friday and we had to wait until the start of the week to talk about that first game. And we'll, we'll talk about Saturday's win as well, but what an exciting way to start the season. And I said it in the cold open, man, it was a weekend of firsts. It feels like pretty much every new acquisition or new uh, rookie had something to say this weekend. It was awesome, man. Was what great. a great, and like, the cool thing about the fact that they started 2-0 and is we don't have to be like, oh, open a night was super fun, and then like game two is a reality check. Like, nope, no reality check yet. It's going to come, but it hasn't come yet, and we can just <laughs> keep talking about how this team is the greatest team ever. This episode, good vibes only. Good vibes only, baby. Good vibes, good only, vibes baby. only, Yeah, no, it's a lot of cool first. I mean, uh, you know, we'll get to Soderblom, but obviously him not only just scoring his first goal of his career but just like the first goal of the season i feel like that's such like a cool and the game winner thing that like yeah like the first red wings goal of the season was elmer soderblom this year like that's just a cool like it's just a cool thing now i don't want to brag but you know the, hey, the red wings tweet out like who's gonna get the first goal today i said let's go big elmer soderblom and you know i was right so you have did me you to win thank. the prize you have me to thank scotty did you win the prize i, I got validation that's, but they didn't give you the prize, though, is what, what I'm hearing. What, what's a prize? There is no prize. It's just take a guess. <laughs> I get to say, hey, I guessed it right. No, but seriously, that, that first game against the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, it was, first of all, the, the pregame ceremony was hype. It always is hype. Sellout. Sellout crowd. The, the LCA was rocking. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Um, but that game was just a complete game from start to finish. I don't know if we'll see a better game. I'm not trying to say it's going to go downhill from here, but that was a very complete game. All the special teams. They had, yeah, they they had 25 shots at the end of the the first period. period. That's not only is that, I think Boltman tweeted all the info about this out. That is not only more shots in a period than any period last season. That's the most shots they've had in a period in like a decade. Yeah. (laughs) They just, they looked absolutely great in that very first game, like you said, they just absolutely dominated. If you look at the expected goals for percentage at, at the end of the first period, I believe it was, uh, let me get to the right tab here. At the end of the first period, they had a expected goals for percentage of 80, 88.9%. Yeah, not bad. 
They they had 89% of the quality shot attempts in the first period. I mean, I obviously showed again, 25 shots first period, but at even strength, they just controlled the puck. They would go on a power play and they didn't score a power play goal, but the power play was established in the offensive zone, had a lot of good opportunities and their goals again, or their penalty killed. They looked solid as well. They cleared dangerous attempts away. They looked good. And the only reason why this wasn't a blowout and you got to give credit where credit was due. He was given third star in this game. Jake Allen looked phenomenal. Unreal. Yeah, he no, was I, it was, uh, was it zero, zero after two or yeah. was it zero, zero, after zero, one? zero yeah, after two. Say, it was a while. And, and he made a couple of just crazy, oh, like the, the one paddle paddle. Yeah. The hot high paddle save in the, in the upper right corner was absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a, if that's an indication of things to come, Look, like we we dog on Montreal and you know talk about how they're probably pretty clearly going to finish last in this division. I still believe that. It's it's very important to note that like last place in this division does not mean that you're like the Coyotes or like the Sharks or like the Blackhawks or you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's a, you you can be last place in in this division and still not be, you know, like the worst team on the planet. So um, no, like, you know, worst team in the division or not great win. And, and, uh, you know, you put up 25 shots against an NHL team. I don't really care who the opponent is. Well, yeah. I mean, the Red Wings expected goals four after the first two periods was 2.3. I mean, they were playing yeah. phenomenal and they had a lot of really good opportunities where like, and sometimes it was luck too. You, you got to like that puck would squeak out of the slot or squeak out of the crease a few times or just barely miss the stick of a Red Wings player. They just got unlucky a few times. Jake Allen was phenomenal. But they just played a complete game. And then, of course, Elmer Soderblom getting the first goal of the season, the game-winning goal, his first as an NHL player. That line, that the Redwood line as it's becoming coined, um, I don't know if Ken Cow is the first to say it, but when he was on, on Friday's episode, it was the first I had heard of it. Now everyone's talking about it. Um, that Redwood line, it was great in this game. If you look at the players on this team who performed the best, at, at relative expected goals for percentage at five on five. Got to preface that. So the players that provided the most amount of possession and domination at attempted shots for versus attempted shots against those three were the top three on the team. It was Sunquist followed by Rasmussen followed by Soderblom. Rasmussen, by the way, had three points in this game. I believe, I think he mm-hmm. had, I think he had three assists. So that entire line played great. I mean, yeah, yeah. Rasmussen had three assists. Sunquist had two assists. And Soderblom had a goal. I mean, that line, obviously, they're not as skilled as that our top line of Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond, and Tyler Bertuzzi. And we'll Let talk the about the big Bertuzzi boys later. eat. But those big boys, man, they're the biggest line to ever play in the NHL. If you average yeah, out their average height. Size in NHL history for a line is crazy. If you yeah. average out their height and weight, they're the biggest in NHL history. And that is insane. And they dominated. And plus, it's very vindicating for me to see Michael Rasmussen as a center go out there and be on a dominant right. line because I was on the Michael Rasmussen for center train. Now, it's only that was game one. Game two, they still look pretty good. A lot of season left. 80 games left. That could change. But the first two games fit my narrative. All right? That's all that matters, baby. All that matters. But that all line that just, that line and the Dylan Larkin line, of course, they dominated most of that game. They looked great. I thought they that they were the two lines that were the most effective in that hockey game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the Soderblom goal, too. Like, what a like using his size, like crashing, like getting in front of the net and everything and, and watching the whole play develop. Like he, he did everything right. And really 
you know, created some space. Just it, it's fascinating watching him play the game of hockey. Like he's just, he's such an anomaly and such a unicorn. It's just like, I don't know, like watching him, uh, watching him cut to the net and, and, and create space and be ready out front and want the puck. And like, it, it's just, it, it was, it was really beautiful to see. And, and uh, yeah, starting off the season with a Soderblom goal was, was definitely something that I was pretty pumped about. And, and you know, all, all they really, you just needed to break the seal. Like that was, that was just a, uh, I, I phenomenal also goalie break the seal that night. Yeah. A phenomenal <laughs> goalie effort by them, but you're ridiculous. Uh, but just, really really like you said vindicating but just great to see and and yeah that that third line i think that that's probably gonna be the third line going forward and that's not <clears throat> something that a week ago uh we were talking about a possibility of of happening and yet here we are and now they've played two games and they've looked phenomenal and have probably been the best line on the team so far given the the opportunities they've had and, and taking advantage of those that we've seen so far two games in. So like, yeah, keep running with it. Um, you know, who knows what it means really for some of the other players, but I, I really like the, the, the Redwoods line. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people do. I think that's going to be a fan favorite pretty quickly. We'll keep talking about game one when we come back. Cause we also have to talk about Billy Huso. he was phenomenal. And another player got his first as a Red Wing as well. Um, but we'll talk about that when we come back. First, I got to talk to you guys today about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why you're going to love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an, emer- in an emergency. Even if you're not home or can't be reached, Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. None of that like, you know how every time you're like, be on the lookout for this person, they robbed a gas station, you get the camera feed and it's just like three pixels. You don't get that with Simply Safe. You're going to get a clear HD image. So if something ever bad happens, you're going to know who did it. So that's why Simply Safe is great. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when there's a threat, when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com. Visit locked on NHL. Visit simplysafe.com forward slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. By the way, that's Simply Safe with an I, not a Y at the end. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Let's talk about Vili Husso, Scotty, because Let's do it. he was great in this game. Like, he was obviously less challenged than Jake Allen, but he still finished the game with, what, 26, 27 saves in this mm-hmm. one? I have to look at the exact number here. Uh, yeah, he made 29 saves. He looked great. I mean, that, a shutout in your first game as a Red Wing and opening night, you can't do much better than that. Hard in fact, uh, they, they often, they've been comparing this game to the 2015 opening night. Uh, for the Red Wings, because that was the game where Dylan Larkin scored his first career goal. Jimmy Howard had a shutout, and 
it was Jeff Blaschel's first win as hockey head coach. I like the dramatic pause there. And, that was crazy. <laughs> really want to milk that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah. I mean, he looks phenomenal. Uh, there, there weren't too many, you know, like crazy saves of like, oh my goodness, like how did he pull that off or whatever? And there was definitely some opportunities that I thought uh, a pass was made to set up something in front of the net and just nobody from Montreal was home because like it, it's Montreal at the end of the day. But, you know, uh, he, he did what he was supposed to do. He looked fantastic. Um, yeah, made the saves he was supposed to. I, I, I thought the defense in front of him was was pretty solid. It was really good early and I think maybe let up a little bit later. Yeah. But um, for the most part, yeah, I mean – I. It was a, it was a really solid game. We didn't give up anything. I, you know, not not too much to complain about at all. Just some nitpicky stuff, maybe, but super exciting. And I think the conversation kind of has already started. The discourse has already begun about uh, how much playing time these goalies are going to get going forward, just yeah. because they've now both played a game and Huso has a shutout and and uh, and Ned let up too. And like that's obviously. You know, one of those is pretty clearly better. Than the other. We'll talk about Ned too when we get to that game. We'll get to that in a, just yeah, like there was a very much soon. Different, yeah, much different vibe in in that game than the first game for sure. But look, I mean, Huso, uh, he got opening night and then got a shutout. So, yeah. like, I, I think I him think getting that, opening night says a lot about. I mean, obviously, we saw it during preseason that Nedeljkovic wasn't playing that well, but I think obviously Lalone says it and says this is our best bet game one. Yep. You know, yeah, and, and and again, backed it up with a shutout, no matter who the opponent is. So, um, yeah, be- beautiful start. He looks really good. Absolutely. Um, and so like Michael Rasmussen got the empty net goal, and that was assisted by Andrew Cop and Dylan Larkin. Um, so that's he had a goal and two assists. Again, Redwoods line played well. Oli Mata got the other empty net goal assisted by Rasmussen and Sunquist. They're getting a lot of ice time kind that or they're just maximizing on it. That was kind of a laser. That, that, yeah. uh, that, but, was, kind of a, that was kind of a shot. That so model. you got a Soderblom first career goal game winner. First of the season for the Red Wing. A lot of firsts right there. You got Derek Lalone's first win as hockey head coach. You got Oli Mata's first goal as a Red Wing. You got Vili Husso's first win and shutout as a Red Wing. Now you want to transition into the second game of this season, which is the New Jersey Devils, unless you have anything else you want to mention from that first game. I no, guess we could talk no, about the A's. I, I, yeah, I think that's really the only other thing is just the uh, the A's, and, and that one was, what, Sherrod and Perron? Sherrod and Perron, yeah, and which is – I think we did an episode a couple months back where we tried to predict who would wear the A, and that's those it. were the two leading candidates because they've worn A's with teams in the past. They've been in leadership roles, and they're veterans, so it kind of made sense. So when I saw that game one, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, Sherrod and Perron. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's who we that's who we highlighted, and obviously they were get different for game two, so we'll talk about that. But, yeah, that was really the only other thing. I mean, it was a it was a really great win. The energy was high in the arena, the the – the players' energy was high. Everything was really buzzing, and, and they took advantage of – and, you know, they, they didn't let the fact that they had a 25-shot, zero-goal first period. Like, they didn't let that frustration they knew it was coming. over and get the best of them, and they really buckled down. And, yeah, it, it was a phenomenal win. I thought everybody looked great. Um, Now you go 24 hours later, and I, they won 5-2. to two. They put up five goals, which is great. I'm not going to complain about that. But the Devils dominated the Red Wings in this game. They did. Yeah. They, they It was a, a complete opposite of the day before. Um, New, De- New Jersey Devils are a better team than Montreal Canadiens on paper, but they're a very young team. And I, I said it 
we said it during our standings predictions that I couldn't figure out where to place them because I could see them having a surprise year because they've got a lot of young talent. They played a really good game, and the Red Wings were kind of oppressed. I mean, you you look at it, the Devils should have scored three. The expected goals four for the Devils was three and a half. The expected goals four for the Red Wings were one. Really what this came down to is Red Wings making having good opportunities and capitalizing on them, but also Vanacek for the uh, New Jersey Devils was not very good in this game. No, not, yeah, not, not really at all. There was a couple of pretty weak goals. I thought that um, the wings, even though they got outshot pretty handily and then like, those are always just weird games and you get outshot that, that significantly and yet still win by, you know, two, three goals like that. That's, those are always weird, weird games to talk about. But I thought that, Yes, they, they, I mean, clearly, right, did not get as as many shots off as they would have liked or as they did in game one of the season. But I thought that the opportunities they took advantage of were, they were all pretty goals. Yeah, they were except all, for Shiraz, but Well, yeah, they, they were just they were really well executed. Even Sharats, like that, you know, I don't I don't think he was letting that rip going like this is going to find the back of the net. But <laughs> at the same time, like that's that, you know, getting pucks on the net in, in a game that when you look back on it, you go, wow, we probably should have had more shots is important. But I, I just I think that it's not this like complete, oh my goodness, one an anomaly, like they shouldn't have won type of thing. Like they they really executed super well the goals that they did score. So I don't I don't think it was just like, you know, like five gimme goals or like, oh, goaltending was so bad that I mean it was though. <laughs> no, it, it I'm not saying I'm not trying to defend the it can the, be both. The right, the devil's goaltending situation because it's brutal, but I think that um they they really executed really like the the cop to Larkin goal was absolutely beautiful like and, and that's why you get Andrew cop right there who wore an a in this one by the way but that's why you get him like that's a that's putting pressure on the puck defensively and having like an aggressive four check that then leads to cop getting the puck along the like getting a bounce <laughs> off the boards turning around putting it just in the in front of the net general zone hoping that somebody's there and then your captain finishes it off like that's that is that is the exact role that Andrew Cobb was brought in to do. Be a good defender, be an aggressive defender, and hoping that that defense then as a forward will open up opportunities offensively. That is textbook. Exactly why you brought in Andrew Cobb. And I think that that's more of a microcosm and, and kind of a thing. That is why you brought him in, and that's a sign of things to come. And I think we're going to see a lot of plays like that from him this year. So, like, that's all. I, I just I, – I don't – subscribe to the thought of like oh like it you know they they should have lost or like this was an anomaly or whatever like yeah they you know the the devil's got a lot more shots on you and and uh they probably looked better in the neutral zone than you did and we'll talk about the defense your defense didn't look very good but the opportunities that you did have offensively you really took advantage of and i think they executed them pretty well yeah i mean outside of the charat which was just like turn and shoot it was a laser it was a laser. It was a laser. Yeah. puck. Um, but, and the Perron goal, which was Vanacek just decided to redirect that puck right to Perron's stick as it came to the side, from the side of the net. Um, the other three goals they scored were all really nice plays that had developed either because of a guy without the puck is drawing a guy away, 
like the Verona goal. Like, let's just go, you know what? Let's just go down the goals list. I mean, we can talk about it. You talked already about the Dome Larkin The Verona goal. goal was so pretty, man. The Verona goal was, was sick because, I mean, one, he's just got a rocket. And we know that. But he's breaking down the wing on a two-and-one. If it not if it not for Lucas Raymond being as aggressive as he was trying to get to the net and drawing that defender away from Verona on the two-on-one, Verona wouldn't have had the shooting lane to yeah. go top shelf. And Lucas Raymond, I thought, had a great game. He did yeah. it's for him in the first two games. I thought he looked good in the first game too. It's not showing up on the score sheet yet, but he's doing the right things away from the puck that are creating plays. And that's actually lie. He, he did get an assist on Kubelik's goal in the third period, but he's doing things away from the puck that is opening up his teammates. And that's such an underrated thing for people. Cause it's all about statistics for a lot of people. And understandably. So, I mean, in the end statistics is what's going to pay your bills. It's going to be what gets you that contract, but Raymond's ability to, be a threat or at least look like a threat away from the puck is freeing up opportunities for his teammates. And he, he did that all preseason and he looks like he, he looks like he took another step forward here early in the season. He looked like he took a step forward all in the preseason. I was really impressed on that Verona goal. And then if you look at the Kubelik goal, Kubelik had to come in on and fill in on the top line, which I love that by the way, that Kubelik went from flying four it. to line one uh, because Tyler Bertuzic shot off the hand and did not return for the game. And we'll get an update on him on Monday. So to find out what happened with him, hopefully it's not broken. Hopefully it's just a bad bruise. So we want Bert. Hopefully. But Dylan Larkin made the pass across the, uh, made the pass to Kubelik. Kubelik cutting to the middle, had a defender between them. And he made the pass to Raymond. Kubelik cut towards the net. Raymond made the pass back to Kubelik between the defender's legs. Kubelik made a nice forehand backhand play to score the goal. Like they're just, it's exactly what you were saying, Scotty, where they're not getting the bulk of the opportunities in this game, but they're taking advantage of bad goaltending and they're taking advantage of the opportunities they have and making the most of them. So yeah, Menachek had a save percentage of a seven, seven, seven in this game. That's awful. That's an awful uh, goal save percentage, but the Red Wings, when they got opportunities had great opportunities. Like if you compare, we, we talk about expected goals, four percentage so much. And, you know, I probably don't go in the details. It's like a long explanation, but essentially it's quality shots Instead of where Corsi is just shot attempts, expected goals for is quality shot attempts to try to weight it. If you looked at the Red Wings expected goals, a lot of those shots that they that ended up in goals would have been considered quality shots with the exception of maybe the Sherratt rule. Even the Perron one was a rebound right in front of the net. That's a quality shot attempt. That's high danger. They were taking high danger scoring shots, scoring chances. It was They, they played good when the opportunity um, uh, presented itself. But like you said, if you look in the defensive zone, that's where it gets a little iffy, and that's why they were peppered so much is because they just could not get the puck away from the Devils' forwards. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about that defense. Uh, stay tuned for Segment 3, Lockdown Red Wings. I totally lost track of time, Scotty. <laughs> I was like, are we not break. going to an ad break 23 minutes in? Like, is that we're, we're <laughs> changing it up a little bit here? Well, welcome back to Lockdown Red Wings, where uh, I got – into my monologue so much, I forgot to look at the time. And then there was, I was like, you, are you handing something off to me 23 minutes in? I was like, yeah, I'm <laughs> handing it off to you now though. Uh, talk about the defense. Yeah. I mean, it, it was <laughs> so fluid. It was, it wasn't, uh, it, I mean, it wasn't great in this one, obviously. And I think the, the biggest reason is they pretty clearly struggled to get the puck out of the zone. Like that was a, yeah. that was a, a pretty big man. struggle. And, I think that they kind of toughened up and and had some solid er defense down low, like kind of in front of the net. So I, I think that another reason why 
you see a high shot total and a low goal total for New Jersey. And we'll, we'll talk about Ned in a second, too, because I did think he looks pretty good. Um, was because of that, because the defense was was kind of like pretty pretty solid. And, you know, we had some size out there and everything. I, I thought that they, they looked pretty solid more so in front of the net or maybe even like the low slot area. But I, I didn't think that uh, – especially out toward the blue line or really just like anything that wasn't kind of directly in front of the net was pretty soft and and porous. Uh, So I I thought that 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 was kind of another reason. New Jersey was able to get a lot of shots off and was able to kind of spray all over the the net. But as far as executing that, I I think that Ned did a good job, which is obviously an important piece of it. But I think that that's probably another part of it too is just it, it was really soft defense out kind of at, at a distance and it tightened up a little bit toward the net. No, I, I agree with you. They just struggled to get the puck out. Breakouts were a real struggle for them in this yeah, game. Yeah, that also was a um, big thing for but, sure. I mean, thankfully, outside of the first five minutes, Nadalkovich was really solid. Yeah. Um, it, it is. I am noticing now that the trend is he's – bad in the first like five minutes of the game because he let in a softie in the beginning of this one and he did that in both preseason games which probably played into why he's starting the second game and not the first game but outside of that he played great when we talked about obviously we talked about how much the red wings took advantage of bad goaltending and took advantage of good scoring chances to get themselves five goals but as you were just saying scotty they were very much heavily outplayed in this game in the end like you know good vibes only this episode which is why we're tr- focusing on the positives you're starting to and oh that's great but they were outplayed in the, against the devils for the most part they they yeah. were outplayed and nadelkovic yeah. bailed them out and so i know there's a lot more question marks around nadelkovic after the preseason especially with how you know his statistics last season weren't where people wanted them i mean we give we give him a huge break on that because of the team last year was just god awful but outside of those first five minutes, he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. And he was the reason why it was only five to two, because like I said, the devil's expected goals for at the end of that game was three, three and a half. They should have scored more goals. Red Wings was one. Like if, if there was no, if there was a league average goaltender, like if the average of all goaltending ever in that, it would have been a three, one loss for the Detroit Red Wings. But our goaltending was phenomenal. And there was, there's as bad. So it was a five two win. And Nedeljkovic has the potential to be a bona fide number one goaltender. It's just that consistency. If you can lock down that five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. It's just that first five minutes. Just lock that down. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely something that we noticed last year. We've noticed in the preseason and we've now noticed one game in. But yeah, after that kind of softy at the beginning, he he really did step up and he looked great, I thought. And – you know, I, I mean, a sign of, in my eyes, the sign of a team that's growing and, and everything is good teams win games that they get outplayed in sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, oh, you're right. That's what, what good teams do. Like, bad teams win when they outplay their opponent and lose when they get outplayed. Good teams will find a way to win even when they are getting outplayed. And we talked about that last year. There's a, I think there was one maybe even two games against toronto last year where we were like man like i really thought for like two periods we outplayed them or sitting here with a loss like that like that's what good teams do they they find a way to win even when they are getting outplayed so yeah i, I think that this is not only is it for all the reasons we've already talked about 
you know, maybe, maybe a little bit different than people realize, but just on the sheer like character building locker room, like all that cliche stuff. Like it's nice to sit here with a win in a game where you watched it and you go, we probably shouldn't have won that by three goals. No, but you know what? Good goaltending wins you games. Sometimes they steal your games. And outside the first five minutes, Nelkovich was lights out in this game. His expected, his, his goal saved above expected was like four. So the go- I don't know how this works. I'm going to figure this out, how his expected goals against can be 4.3, but their expected goals for can only be three and a half. I don't know how that can be a difference. But Math. either way, the, the Devils should have scored more goals than they did. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Red Wings, you know, didn't come out with their best stuff. But you know what? You know what also needs to be mentioned, though, when talking about that? that we failed to mention is this is the ba- back-to-back. They started the season on a back-to-back and it was a home and an away back-to-back. And Ken Cal yeah. talked to us a little bit b- before we recorded about how that's going to be tough. He said, you know, you, you finish that game and it's a long day in Detroit for the players because there's the huge red carpet signing and everything. They spent a huge long day for the home opener and then immediately get on a plane to fly to New Jersey and play less than 24 hours later. And they came out and they won. So even though they got outplayed, you can chalk some of that up to fatigue because back-to-backs are hard on professional athletes. They really are, especially in a physical game like hockey. So kudos to the Detroit Red Wings for starting the season 2-0. and And, I mean, I'm super excited. We got They got another game on Monday against the Los Angeles Kings, and then they're off until Friday. I want to talk to the schedule maker where you have three games in four days, and then you don't have another game for another three days. What's going on with that? But <laughs> – uh, they got another game against the Los Angeles Kings in Detroit. That's a home game, and it, it should be LA an exciting good, one because the Kings Kings are the best team that they're going to play so far in these first three games. Yeah, I mean, this is the first presumed playoff team, right? Yeah. Like, if you're looking at this season, like nobody nobody thinks Montreal or New Jersey are are going to be even really close to playoff teams. This is the first like actual, you know, like this is a playoff caliber roster. I mean, we talked about it in the in the season preview thing, we were going through all of our teams. Like I really like the Kings roster. I think that's a, that's a darn good squad they got over there. So that's definitely a a big test. Also just like really quickly. I mean, like Zadina hasn't played yet. Oh yeah. That's probably like important to bring up. I I think that that's when they announced, when we talked about it, when they announced that he wasn't going to play game one, we talked about it with Ken Cal. Like we, you know, we, we, we've kind of, talked about that before but even on the broadcast like ken and mick were like yeah you know he'll probably suit up for game two or and you know i think that that was kind of the belief he was healthy for game two as well so uh that's definitely something to keep an eye on Bert's status will obviously directly impact that as well but um i i think yeah that that's something to keep an eye on for sure because if if you start off the season with three games in in four days and you don't dress for any of them I mean, that's, I feel like that's a, that's, that's a sign. Yeah. The Zadina thing is like, I'll always say he has all the talent in the world to make it work. And Ken Cal said it like, you got to be, you know, he was brought in to do one thing. He wasn't doing it that well. And so now he's being asked to like change how he plays in in a sense, like he's having to change how he plays because he's not fulfilling the role he was brought in to do. So it's kind of like, he's trying to rediscover himself almost. I don't know. I, he has all the tools in the world to be a great player, but right now it's as simple as he's getting out-competed for a roster spot. And if that's the case, and he's like, I, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna put a guy just because he was a sixth overall pick. You're not gonna put him on line three or four just because, just because of that. He's getting yeah, out-competed. He's getting out-competed. Three and four are playing pretty darn well, especially line three. 
I mean, absolutely. that's just as simple as it is. It sucks. I want to see Zadina succeed, but if Lalone thinks he's getting outcompeted, he's getting outcompeted. I, again, I we thought he looked great in the preseason. Yep. But we're not in the locker room making those decisions. We don't see everything else that goes on. So if there's something that Lalonde sees that's keeping him out of the lineup, then he's going to stay out of the lineup. Simple as that. Um, Moritz Sider had an A in the second game. He did, that was pretty he? cool. Yeah. Very cool. Cop wore one too. I think Cop's an underrated candidate to kind of keep it. Yeah, I think so too. I'm not sure about Sider. I, it's really, really cool that he wore an A because that me- clearly means they're considering him. They're going to, they're going to say they're going to have a rotation of A's until they figure it out. But the fact that at 21 years old, you're being considered to be an alternate captain on the Red Wings, like we talked about it. Like, again, we talked about this a few months back, our prediction for A's. And I said, I can see it in the future, but I think he's still just too young. But clearly, I'm wrong <laughs> because even if it's just like a rotation trying to f- figure it out, the fact that they're putting him in that position to see if he can do it means that they think he can do it. You know, it's an indictment that they Absolutely. think he is capable of it. And yeah, I mean, 100%. I'm all for it. If they give him the A, I mean, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, it was cool to see, even if it doesn't end up sticking, like it's cool to be able to have tape of cider wearing an A. I don't know. Yeah. So, but that's all I got, man. I, I think we covered yeah, we everything. It was kind of a flurry of hype and emotions this episode. I Usually we're, I feel like we're a little bit more structured, but just there's so much to break down in two games and we were so excited to start 2-0. We're like, information just flowing out the mouth. On pace for 82-0, baby. On pace for 82-0. and 82-0. God, I cannot speak properly. Hmm. You got 35 minutes of speaking properly, Rob. Did I, though? We both heard that Simply Safe. <laughs> ridiculous we'll be back tomorrow with a game recap <laughs> okay let's go 3-0 and oh. that's not true oh yeah it is true yeah Monday night yeah this is right. Monday's episode so Tuesday's episode is going to be a game recap you're, you're right man that's how it works <laughs> let's go we're, we're so bad this dude is <laughs> uh same time same place it's your team every day every day <laughs>